This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the forum, the show where we learn more about Husker Nation, one fan at a time, by asking the same four questions. I'm Eros Honky, and tonight our guest comes from the Centennial State. He is a stand-up comedian, as well as the Keith County Fair Combine Demolition Derby announcer. Most important, he's a Husker fan. Welcome to the forum, John Spurgman. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Honky. Excited to be here. Excited to do this. I love the podcast. I listen to it all the time, so it's fun to get to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well... We're winding down the off-season of forums, but uh, you emailed us about a month or so back uh, with a really great story, and uh, we wanted to try and fit you in here before we get to kickoff. I thought it was really interesting. I wanted to read it. This is part of the email you sent. You go, these are moments that are burned into my psyche as I'll never forget where I was moments for me as well. Where I was was not at the stadium or a fancy watch party. I was in a cornfield actually harvesting corn. It got me thinking, what a great fan perspective. I mean, what is more pure than rooting for the Huskers while actually husking corn? You know, I think that that's kind of a different perspective than we've heard from other people. And, uh, and I very appropriate here. So uh, uh, I'm interested to get into that conversation. Uh, you also mentioned in the email that you created the greatest Nebraska t-shirt ever designed. Uh, I'm going to show it here, but tell us a little bit, a little bit about this, uh, this shirt here. Yeah. I mean, I was driving in Western Nebraska and I was just driving past Chimney Rock and uh, it's it's a cool formation. If you haven't been there, check out the Panhandle of Nebraska, you know, the mm-hmm. Pine Ridge all the way up into the Black Hills. It's, it's a great area and I, I love driving through there, but I was just driving by and I saw it and it just one of those things that I don't know. I just thought of it. I was like, that's pretty funny. I was like, that would make a good t-shirt. And then like I would think about it every once in a while, or I'd be driving past about, and I would think about it. And then after about four years, I just decided to get 50 of them printed up. And uh, so I printed up 50 and I put them on Facebook and uh, they sold pretty fast. So <laughs> it was, I don't know, just kind of a, a, a fun thing to do. It's, it's the, it's the, it's a, what a great t-shirt, right? Yeah. Anyone that's, that's listening to the show tomorrow, if you can't see it, it's a state of Nebraska with Chimney Rock out, of course, in the in the corner of it. And it goes, uh, is that Chimney Rock or is Nebraska just happy to see me and uh, or see you? And yeah, I think it's it's hilarious. Um, how can people yeah. get one? I guess number one, if they if they see this shirt and they want to get one, how would they do it? So I'm planning on getting another order in here soon. So you can just email me at uh, spurgefin s p u r g f i n at gmail.com all right well cool redcasters it's a great shirt get you know shoot an email to him man that's awesome yeah and yeah that's that's kind of what happened is you know it's just this big and if you don't know what chimney rock is i'm sure pretty much all the listeners do but you know there Mm -hmm. are some from you know even out of the country i've heard so chimney rock is this big phallic looking (laughs) monument out in the middle of western nebraska and it's right along the oregon trail so it was a marker on the oregon trail for you know people headed out that way and you can it's it's named chimney rock so you can imagine it's you know basically a a chimney looking thing coming out of the plains of nebraska and uh yeah that's i just kind of thought is that chimney rock or is nebraska just happy to see you there you go there you go. Well, while we're doing promos here, I guess I finished off uh, ours. We have uh, Alumni Hall, two Lincoln locations, downtown 1120 P Street, South Point Pavilions behind Barnes & Noble. Uh, next up, Pipeline Jerky. You can go to pipeline-jerky.com. Code REDCAST officially gets you 10% off, and all that money 
we're talking NIL, this goes to rebuilding that pipeline and let's get the offensive line back to, to where we were back in those glory years. One NIL purchase at a time. Uh, the new <laughs> yes. Redcast store, uh, it's not even new anymore. I guess I should probably update that graphic. But uh, on the graphic is the QR code. If you're listening to this, you can go to our, our social media uh, pages and, and the link is in our description. But smack and smooch, Shane and Laura out there in Elwood, quality apparel, custom-made <laughs> orders. Uh, I just got some more shirts from them in there. now. And now, actually, I want to show this. I'm going to going to go out of here they just sent they just created the new drink the roulade uh koozies they also i think have some shirts of that and of course that's rob redcast rob drinking the kool-aid but drink the roulade so (laughs) you can find that uh on our store as well and then uh last but not least you're out there in colorado uh this is uh the battle in boulder i'm not sure if it's sold out yet i'm just still showing it because no one's told me to stop doing it but it's up at estes park the night before the game in boulder so friday september 8th Uh, if there are tickets still try to get them you can go to big red of the rockies uh website and tommy frazier who we had on a couple weeks ago he'll be there adam Carricker. uh it should be a great evening it should just be a fun event and a great opportunity for husker fans to to get together there the night before the game so uh and Tell me a little bit before we were talking uh, at the beginning. We were hearing some bangs and booms in the background. You're like next to like a, a golf, like a golf simulator or something. Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm, I'm outside a closed coffee shop. That, but they, um, I'm a, I'm a, I frequent this place all the time. So, and they've told me before, if you ever need to work, we'd leave the Wi-Fi on. So just sit out on the deck. And right next door is a, a basically a golf simulator. Uh, uh-huh. So. <laughs> And it sound, that sounds like a little harsh for golf, but I suppose it's just the ball hitting against the wall or something like that. Yeah. Hey. So I apologize. I didn't think about back the background noise. I really thought it was going to be a pretty quiet place because I know the coffee shop is closed. Well, you know, and that's one of the things I was telling you too. I can't always tell. In my, in my earphones, I can pick up everything, but I've done a show where, you know, I heard all these noises around and then I go and I re-listen to it and the microphones don't pick it up as bad. So you never know. I guess Redcasters, whoever's watching right now, uh, you know, if you're hearing anything in the background, let us know, but uh, not that we can change it anyways. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But let's get ahead. Let's get started with the forum. And what is the forum? It's it's the same four questions. Uh, why are you a Husker fan? What is your favorite Husker fan memory? Who are your all-time favorite Huskers? And, and how do you think the Huskers will do this year? So let's start off, John Spurgman, with the first question. Why are you a Husker fan? Well, I mean, I was born in, into it, so I was born in western Nebraska. So, I mean, you definitely have exposure there. You definitely have, have the ability to, to get into it. But I think what really made it stick for me uh, is, you know, just through the 80s and 90s, I went to college in Lincoln uh, in the 90s, and it was just the excellence of the team that, you know, that that they played with and how good they were. And it was kind of like they set the standard that you really wanted to like emulate in your in my own life. You know, it was kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to operate at a at a high level like they were. So you kind of become a fan because you like the way they do things. And then their success gives you a sense of inspiration too on on just, you know, trying to to be the best you can be as well. So and I think you see it like, you know, I heard uh, Coach Rule even say like he wants to be the coach for the state of Nebraska. And I think that's kind of what he's talking about is the hardworking, you know, the work ethic, uh, humble, you know, put your time in. And uh, I think that's what draws a lot of people to, you know, be fans of it is, is it's a team that is doing things the way you want to do it in your personal life. And, uh, you know, it's a kind of a represent, representation of it. And mm-hmm. I think it's why our fans are so great too, you know, and that, that honestly attracts more fans is, you know, being humble and, uh, you know, polite, but also hardworking and wanting to go out there and really competitive and you want to win too. So 
Yeah, well, hard work, and like you said, you know, you listen to games of the Cornhuskers playing while you're out there husking corn and doing working in the field. I mean, that's a that's a great story by itself. Um, you mentioned Western Nebraska, where yeah. you're from. We've had uh, uh, Redcast Amy on the show before, and I've known her since college years. She's from Hemingford, and so way up there by by okay. Alliance. And it would always annoy her when somebody would say, "I'm from Western Nebraska," and they'd say like Grand Island. She's like, "That's not Western <laughs> yeah. Nebraska." So. When you say Western Nebraska, obviously you uh, you know you're a combine demolition derby announcer in Keith County out there in Ogallala. Where where are you from in yeah. Western Nebraska? So I I grew up on a farm outside of uh, in between Paxton and Sutherland, Nebraska. Ooh. So All in right, between North Platte and Ogallala. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, Oli's. <laughs> Oli's that that was uh, that was my my pictures on the wall in Oli's. Hmm. Uh, we're 1995. Class D1 state champion basketball team. Oh, outstanding. So, well, next yeah, time I'm so, there, I'm gonna have to, I'll have to look for that. Yeah, it's good enough. Like our state championship uh, photos back by the pool tables is where it was time I was there. So, mm. And as far as yeah. like the parents or the family goes, I mean, was it was it a, a grandparent? Was it, was it a dad? How, who got you kind of started on the Huskers? Yeah, my dad was a big Husker fan, and uh, and it was a little bit, you know, it was one of those things. So my older brother, like, because I heard you tell the story about crying. Uh, I think it was you telling the story about crying after the 83 uh, yeah. championship game. And so my, I don't honestly remember that one, because I would have been, you know, six at the time. But my older brother... Uh, he, he cried during that, like after that game, he kind of has the similar story as you, but, uh, it was, and then kind of going through, once you got into high to, you know, just playing sports, you were really busy. So it wasn't as much, uh, you know, listening to him. Like my dad was a big Husker fan, uh, and my, you know, both like my grandparents were and just kind of everyone around us. It was like, it's kind of something you would talk about. Uh, just, you know, you talked about the weather, you talked about the Huskers. And so really when I went to college that, uh, you know, I really kind of like it got really deep seated in there as far as, 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 as being a fan. My college era was the reason it really stuck. And, you know, it's 30 years later or however many years later now, and I probably pay way close of attention to it. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, I'm in the same boat with you, same age um, where, you know, mid 90s and late 90s. That's where I'm down there at UNL. What a great time to be down there. Uh, we watched one home loss in five years of, of yeah. being at school there. Uh, yeah, my first year, my memories is 1983, and uh, the the kickoff classic against Penn State, 1983, and I, yeah, every game since, I pretty much have kind of remembered and, and watched, and and uh, that's kind of led to where I am. Well, I think that's given me a lot of great uh, yeah. fan memories. That leads to number two here, question two: What is your favorite Husker fan memory? So I do want to talk about like my greatest fan memories but you kind of brought up the uh, so i'll just throw this out there because it's kind of mm -hmm. relevant now the first game i ever went to was in 1986 in boulder colorado oh that's was a, a loss. frustrating game that we lost 20 yeah. to 10 so my memories of that game are literally holding a balloon for almost the whole first half and then we finally <laughs> kick a field goal and i look at my dad and i'm like can i let go of the balloon now. <laughs> like I wasn't for sure. I was expecting a touchdown. And then after the game, uh, some CU fans were kind of like taunting, you know, were were taunting, you know, us. And we're I was I, I remember thinking like, we're just little kids, like, like <laughs> why are you yelling at me? So that was that was the first game I went to because where I grew up, Boulder was closer than Lincoln was. So sure. I thought it was a good idea. I got my first jersey. I wore my red suspenders, which, I mean, that's a good look as a, a you know, a little nine-year-old with a and red suspenders on. So, but I guess I was didn't work though. I guess they weren't my lucky suspenders. 
uh, uh, that's, but that's, that's my that's first in, fan memory. That's incredible. Um, that game, because I, I was nine years old when that game went on and we had only in my lifetime, if we lost to anybody in the conference, other than when I was one, we did lose to Missouri. But other than that, it was only Oklahoma. We beat everybody else. And I can remember Dave and I on this show have talked about that game because it wasn't on TV. I remember listening to it on the radio as I'm shooting hoops in the driveway. And I yeah. just couldn't believe that we were losing to someone not named Oklahoma in the conference. It just, I, and when it, when the loss happened at the end of the game, I mean, I was just, it was without words. I was like, what just happened? How did we lose to somebody? How did we lose the, the, the Buffaloes? And, I've had, unfortunately, two other kind of rough uh, endings at a game there. We were there in 2019, and then we were there the the 2001 debacle that yeah. kind of started the the downfall for the Huskers. Ooh, yeah, that was that was a rough one. Yeah, I was that was my first game, and I was the same way where you're just you're not expecting it, and so it was kind of like this letdown. And I just remember like just being so tired of holding on to that balloon. <laughs> like in the stands because you're so excited about like getting to be a part of letting the balloons go you know you see it on tv and you hear about it on the radio but so mm -hmm. that was that was my first fan memory well i wanted to talk about like the fan memories of listening to games on the radio while you're out in the cornfield harvesting corn it's two things that I really like. I do like harvesting corn is a fun process. It's a fun operation. And uh, obviously yeah, I love the Huskers. So, and it's kind of like, just like I said, you know, when you're, there's something pure about rooting for the Huskers while you're out there in the harvest field, you know, the machine, but you're literally harvesting corn, you know, you're running the machine and harvesting corn. And uh, one story is the Hail Mary uh, against Northwestern. And we're out there harvesting. And us, uh, like my, we kind of rotate through. Somebody drives the combine, somebody drives the grain cart, and somebody drives the trucks. And we have two trucks, and one of them has a radio that works, and the other one doesn't have a radio that works. So I'll drive, you know, one to the, from the field, it and come back and then get another one drive it to the later uh the distribution center empty it and come back so every other truck ride i don't have radio to listen to and it just happens that the end of the northwestern game i'm getting you know probably maybe five minutes left in the game i'm getting back to the field in the truck that has a radio so now i have to go into the truck so it's radio silence for me me and I'm mm -hmm. driving down and it probably takes 10, 15 minutes to get to the elevator and you stop on the scale, you go into the scale house and then the girls in the scale house, they have the game going. So you get a little bit of an update there and then you drive the truck up, empty it. And then you drive back, you get another update when you're at the scale house way and empty. And then it's radio silence back to the field. So it's the end of the Northwestern game. I have to get in the truck that doesn't have a radio. So it's radio silence. I get to the scale house and, you know, I kind of go, you know, what's the update? Are we, how's it looking? And they're like, you know, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. And I'm like, ah, well, you know, dang. So I go up where we're unloading and there's uh, somebody that works up there, load the truck. And I'm this guy, his name was Steve this night. And I'm sitting there talking to Steve and I kind of give him the update and we're not supposed to do this because you're supposed to be paying attention to what you're doing. And he's like, hey, do you want to he's like, you want to go hear how it's going? Yeah, there was a pickup by that had a radio. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's do that. So we kind of abandon the post and we go and get in the pickup and he turns the key on and the radio comes on as they are snapping the ball for the last play. Hey, Mary. Hmm. So. We don't have any real context of where the game's at at this point. Don't know if it that it's don't know that this is the last play of the game. Just hear the Nash say, you know, the 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 ball has been snapped, and then you know that play happens, and you're just kind of sitting there like dumbfounded. We're we're looking at each other. So did we just win the end of the game? Like we don't know what's going on. Like there's been uh, have no pers perspective on it because. You know, it was literally this, the, and then 
it was like we finally figured out that we'd win. And right then you could see that the truck was was finished so we should kind of shut the shut the radio off and uh got out and went on our merry way working but it, it was just kind of like this surreal moment where we just went to the truck and turned it on right for the last play like the only play that mattered and then turned it off and had to continue on working so i don't know it was kind of it's kind of fun and there's a lot of camaraderie between you know the people working the people at the scale house other people in the cornfields because everybody's listening to the game, but you're still trying to work and, and get stuff done. So I think it's kind of crazy to think about like all the fans scattered all throughout Nebraska on Saturdays during the fall that, you know, they just have to get work done. Cause you know, that's, it's harvest time. You have to, you have to get it out when you can. So the other, the one that was a crazy, uh, crazy kick that I remember it. And I actually, this is, I got an Alex Jen. Uh, Alex Henry jersey on right now you know his kick against Colorado to win the game the 57 yarder was an incredible thing to listen to on the radio because the other thing about the radio is so much more happens in your imagination you're not watching it and I feel like there's these emotional swings just throughout a play as you hear the radio announcer yeah you get these crazy emotional swings not being able to see it so that Colorado game, I mean, you know, everybody probably remembers it. It gets down end and we get sacked to take us kind of out of field goal range. You know, fourth and 25 in the announcers at the time we're talking about trying to go for it on fourth and 25 because we're out of field goal range. And then they cut to commercial. And I'm actually in the part at this time, which is basically to be for the game because the least amount of responsibilities there's always a radio that works and for the most part you're just sitting there listening you know to the game the only time that you know you really have to pay attention to what's happening is when the combine comes by and you pull and loads on you while you're you know the keep combine the wheels never stop on that you can keep you can get as much harvest done as possible so they cut to commercial right and they're coming back from commercial right as the combines coming up and my dad's in the combine and i'm thinking in my head like surely we're not going to unload right now we're going to sit here and listen to this this play this is the ball game right here and i'm the way the sun is in the sky i can't really see him so i'm trying to look and like signal like is he going to tell me like hey let's just stop or no but he keeps going so i'm like okay here we go we're done and Obviously, Alex Henry, you know, kicks it and uh, and makes it, and I'm just losing my stuff in the middle. And I I just about drive into the combine just because like I'm going nuts <laughs> and I'm still trying to look over there. So finally, we get done and I can't figure out the combine just keeps going. And so I call my dad and I'm like, "Are you listening to this game?" And he's like, "No, I shut it off. I'm listening to the machine because." And that's how dedicated he was to, to farming is he wouldn't listen to any of the radios while he was running the combine. Oh, man, the discipline of you to not be listening to the game right now. And we had it recorded and we were planning on watching it later. So he didn't really feel like he was missing out. But I remember being on the phone just thinking, I don't want to ruin it for you, but I guess we'll enjoy it later. And then just being out there in the middle of the field celebrating by myself. Yeah. Well, Alex Henry is one of the great Huskers. Certainly, that was a great kick. Uh, let's get to question number three. Who are some of your other all-time favorite Huskers? Yeah, so I'm thinking about this. Like, the one name that really sticks out is Mike Brown. He was so good on defense. And, you, you know, even you saw what he did in the pros where he won multiple games by scoring touchdowns from a defensive or special teams place for the Bears. At the 1990 Fiesta Bowl against Tennessee, and they had T. Martin, and they were kind of billing that game. And we we really just kind of dominated, and it was trading for uh, the Tennessee fans. We had a couple Tennessee fans right behind us. And there was one play where this Tennessee receiver broke open, and uh, it was right before half, and, like, you know, streaking down the sidelines, and they throw it 
to him. And that, that old Tennessee guy behind me was going, oh, there he is, there he is, there he is, because it looked like it was going to be easy score. And then out of nowhere, Mike Brown appears and intercepts the ball. And uh, I'm kind of like a little bit of a smart Alex. So I said to my friends, there he is. And uh, <laughs> that was that was favorite memory of, of Mike. Really, I think the defense runs the runs the day on a lot of my favorite players that I want to mention, like just Levante David and Indomicon Sue, the way they could take over games and change games from the defensive side. I remember at the time thinking, enjoy this, cherish this, because we're seeing something special right now. And Really, the same goes with uh, Amir Abdullah, who I would put on that list too. He was – I remember I remember thinking like, okay, enjoy enjoy this. The way he ran was incredible. And just the story of like he was in a recruiting class with two four-star running backs. He was a three-star guy, and he's the one that ended up kind of making it. So just kind of that hard work and dedication. And I'm going to throw Cam Taylor Britt out there too. I really enjoyed watching some of those seasons, even though they were frustrating, but you know, that, that greatest three and nine season ever, our hmm. defense was really good that year and him and Jojo Doman were a part of it. And I remember seeing in an interview, you know, they were asking him like, does it get frustrated? Are you getting frustrated with the offense and that sort of thing? And Cam Taylor Britt was like, look, I get to go out and play football. Every Saturday, the sport I love, and I get to go against the best receiver in college football week in and week out. And uh, it was just a good perspective to have to like, I'm not mad at that at all. I'm happy to have the opportunity to be here. Yeah, those are all great players. I, I take every single one of them right now. Well, I, I take them all for this season. And I think that's a good segue into number four, which is, how do you think the Huskers will do this year? Obviously, there's a lot of change going on. Uh, we are now about two weeks halfway through, uh, actually mostly through fall camp, but halfway through the August practices leading up to 831, as uh, the coaching staff calls it, uh, the game against Minnesota in two weeks on Thursday night. Uh, tonight, right before this show, they released a look in part two. Uh, so after you get done watching this, watch that if you haven't already. And it's a great uh, breakdown of the second week of practice by the Husker Husker Vision staff and everything. Just a great kind of behind the scenes look at what's going on, practices and meetings. Uh, the team went down to Funplex in Omaha last week and had a had a day off to have some fun there. So just a lot of good things that uh, was uh, shown this week. They also talked about some of the walk ons uh, like Bullock and Borkerchard that are getting. Uh, scholarships this year so a really good one uh, that's a look in that's on youtube and check that out redcasters but uh, john what are your thoughts here uh, going into year one of the rule era i mean i, I think we're gonna be good i've been drinking the kool-aid and to say how good i could see nine ten eleven wins if that because here's the thing you know they say that there's an adult whom well, we should be clear here that that adult is not me you know, so I'm <laughs> under no obligation to to temper my expectations. So I, I think we're going to be good. And I think the schedule set up really well to do that. There's going to be a couple games on the schedule that are obviously going to be hard ones to, to get. Uh, Michigan being one of them at Wisconsin. That's been a, a kind of a bugaboo place for us. But really, a lot of the teams we played have been a bugaboo the last few years, especially in the West. We've not had a lot of success against the, the West teams. But I think it was college football home on Twitter tonight. They do uh, previews of every team across FBS and they did Nebraska's tonight and they had us at five and seven and uh, losing to Purdue. So that was a, you know, I guess that would be one of those make or break games. I, I've said all along all off season, I think it's the race to six. And I think getting to six is really important, whether it takes us six weeks or 12 weeks, but we've got to, we've got to get to six wins because we need to get back into the bowl games and uh, we need to, to reset that expectation. I don't put ceilings on the program. So when you said 9, 10, 11, I'm not going to say no. I want to see good football. And they talked about that today in that that uh, a look in uh, the week two of, of practice there for fall camp. 
uh, Coach Rule talking to the team about finishing games and putting them in situations like uh, having a, a minute 15 left. You're down by six, and he's talking to an offensive captain, a defense captain, says, hey, there's a minute 15 left, and then we're at the 35-yard line. Go out there and and defense make a stop, offense make a play. Let's not let the game be too big. Let's Let's make practice hard, and if you can do it in practice, then you can do it when you get to the game. That's right. And I think like five and seven just seems so pessimistic Think about all the close games we've been in. It's not a total rebuild. Our players are good and our players want to. I think that's one big difference between what Matt Rule inherited at Nebraska and what he inherited Temple is he didn't mean that want to win. You know, they never gave up last year. They never gave up two years ago in any game or in any any season. They just kept coming back and competing, and the effort was there. It, it feels like it's kind of one of those, you know, situations where there's, there's talent on the team and they just kind of lost their way. You know, if you think about like a talented individual that – loses their way and is just drinking too much and that sort of thing. They just need to sober up a little bit and get some focus. And I think rule rules going to be able to do that for them. Obviously it's different situations, but I just think the players are there. It's, it's not a total rebuild. And if we're just a little bit better, if we're marginally better, then we win a lot more games. Like to your point about the first year thing at, at Baylor and, and stuff and the first year at, at Temple, especially for those people that say, Hey, you know, they went one in 11 or one in 10, two and 10, boy, those, those same people, they don't understand trend lines. You know, if you take a team from one in 10 and you, and you leave them 10 and one, yeah. You know, over the course of three years, you're going to be a 500 coach, but you're leaving a program that much better than what you took over. Uh, the goal here, obviously we all hope. And I know uh, coach rule has talked about this, not feeling like year one to him. This feels like a year two to him that they've already, last year kind of went through that year one really with some of the tutelage, I guess you'd say under Bill Bush and under, under coach Joseph a year ago, starting to make some of the, you know, the, the right changes on the field. If that's the case, I mean, I think six, seven wins. I think even coach rule is thinking that in his head minimum. I mean, I think he's thinking this feels like a year two and his year twos have been in that six, seven kind of win thing. Again, we're not putting ceilings on it because if you start, if you start getting some wins, if you start getting some momentum, if they can, win an early game who knows who knows what can happen i i just have a hard time thinking that it's gonna be less than six i feel like six is the floor this season you know when the ball like the pendulum will start to swing back the other way the ball will start you know you'll start getting those bounces all the all the bounces that you weren't getting you know i think rule said that at a press conference recently that the last time that our team has had a positive turnover was uh, Riley's second year when they went nine and four. Eventually the ball is going to start, start bouncing your way. And it does that. I you put the work in and I think they're putting the work in now. Mm, well, and like you said, the pendulum, the, the ball bouncing a certain way, part of that is, is preparation. And when you prepare well and, you know, the ball isn't always going to go your way and, and we've had enough bad breaks and bad bounces, but we've also just, one of the things that we've had is mistakes and we've made so many mistakes over the last four or five years. It, it has undone <laughs> a lot of the great effort that I think I've seen at times. I think we've played with good effort. Like you said earlier, I think we've had good talent. Look at a, you know, Trey, Oh my gosh, uh, Palmer. Gosh, I was thinking Bryant for, in my head. Uh, Trey Palmer from last year doesn't get drafted at all, which has been a, a, a problem for Nebraska because when you don't do well, guys don't get drafted. But we've had a number of guys that don't get drafted get their chance, get go on as a, a free agent somewhere, and and there they are making the team and they're playing. Divine Zigbo still playing right now, and and uh, we've had guys that have gone out there and done shown well. There's talent and uh, the effort, but it's the mistakes. We got to cut the mistakes. And that's what I think Coach Rule is all about. There's the adult in the room. We're gonna we're gonna cut the mistakes. We're not gonna allow them to happen in practice. And if you cut them in practice, you're gonna hopefully cut them in the games. You're exactly right. Cutting out the mistake and you know just it up. And well, that's what they say. Early season wins games is not making mistakes. And the way the schedule sets up too is 
works out well for us. We get Minnesota first, and that's a team I would rather play early than late. They had a lot of turnover on their offense, new running back, new quarterback, you know, new offensive coordinators. Uh, so they've got some turnover, and we get them first. I think that's a good spot to get Minnesota. I agree, and get a win there. If, if they get a win there, that's the big if. If we get a win there, I think people start to look at those next three games. And, you know, if you can beat Minnesota on the road, you should be able to beat Colorado on the road. You should be able to win at North, you know, at home against Northern Illinois, win at home against La Tech. We should be 4-0 when, when Michigan gets here. That's the mentality um, that I think people have. It's about that's how important that first game is. Now, the reality is anybody that, you know, if you've ever coached or any, you know, played the game, it, the reality is if we beat Minnesota, if we do, the immediate focus has to go to Colorado and you know you don't look past anyone. Nebraska, no matter what, is not good enough right now to be looking past any one of those first four teams. Take them one at a time and everything. But but that Minnesota game, it changes the trajectory of a lot of things. If we can get through that first one, my goodness, the 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 sky all of a sudden kind of looks like the limit. And you're already one and zero in the West after that game. Yeah. And that Colorado game, it scares me because I'm out here in Colorado and I tell Tell you what, done really well this offseason as well as far as their performance. Now, I don't think they could ever compete with Nebraska for any offseason national championships, but I feel like they won the offseason NIT tournament the way the Colorado fans have been uh, latching on to, to Deion Sanders. And he's a, he's an he's an elite individual. Like he's He's been successful wherever he's gone. And he happens to be one of those individuals that is kind of cocky. But if anybody's going to do it, it's you got to you got to give it to Dion. Like he he's been able to back it up. You know it that annoys me a lot less than somebody who can't back it up. So I don't know how he's going to do at Colorado, but that makes you nervous. Yeah, he's he's going to try something different from what they've been trying to do before. And so you got to give them credit for that. He's, he certainly has brought some enthusiasm there. You see it with their spring game attendance versus just the the year prior. So there's definitely, I have no doubt that there's, he's already been successful in that sense of just getting, uh, you know, Buffalo nation kind of getting behind him. Um, All that said, we're going to the first two games, the Redcast are, we have 10 seats that we purchased just like a month ago, right in the middle of Minnesota section we bought minnesota seats and we're going to be wearing red and that's right in the middle of a game where they want to say it's a gold out they've been telling their fans it's a gold out and i can tell you at least 10 yahoos are going to be standing right in the middle of it wearing (laughs) red and we've got our tickets already to colorado and that's the home opener of dion and with all the excitement and the fifty thousand people they had in that spring game i can tell you all of us that are coming from the redcast are sitting in colorado seats we didn't buy a single Nebraska seat. We're all in Colorado sections, and I know we're not alone. I've heard from so many other fans already who have said the same thing, and I don't know what that I don't know what to say. What that means towards Minnesota and Colorado in terms of their fan bases' uh, excitement levels right now. I just know that Nebraska fan Nebraska fans just can't be beat. They're going to show up no matter what, and and the more times that the opponents say, "Hey." Don't sell your tickets. Don't do this. If you if you sell your tickets, we're you're gonna we're gonna put you on a list or whatever. Doesn't matter. Every single time we find a way to get in there, and uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait for those two games, and it's gonna be fun to start the season on the road. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about Husker fans is there's a dollar amount where other fans. I mean, you saw it at Notre Dame back in 2001 or 2002 or whatever, but there's a dollar amount there that they suddenly think they're just being smart to get rid of their ticket and and put some money in their pocket. And in their mind, they are, but that dollar amount is so much higher for Nebraska fans. So they think they're getting, like, we think we're getting a good deal too. We're probably overpaying, but to be able to get a photo op like you had, you know, in South Bend or Colorado a couple years ago, uh, you know, Husker fans are a lot more excited to spend their money on that. So 
I, I just don't think they're going to be able to keep us out. It probably won't be as many as a couple years ago with mm. the whole Dion thing, but they're still going to be like, you know, Husker fans want to support this program so much, and they also want to be there when it turns. I mean, when it when this turns for the positive, everyone wants to say they were there at that moment. I've been to so many countless games the last five, six years with that mentality in mind. Oh, we're we're going to this game because this when we win this game, man, this is we're back on a national stage and. And every time we've gone to those games, at least in these last five, the recent history, it's almost always blown up on us. And that's and so some people kind of they go into a shell and they, you know, I don't want to I don't want to go to games anymore. I don't want to do that. I'm not that guy. I, I just still want to be there. I, I And I think that rule can be the guy. I think rule is absolutely well positioned to be the guy that can that can get us over that hump. And I absolutely want to be there for that game when I I'm going to the Minnesota game with the mindset that we're going to come back with a, with a victory. Can we lose? Absolutely. We can lose. The only thing I'd be really devastated about right away with, with Minnesota is if we got pushed around, if they physically, you know, ran seven, eight yards on us, like they've done in the past, that would be a real issue. I'd have, I'd have an issue with that right away. Cause I feel like they've done the right thing. Strength and conditioning wise, they've certainly been physical in camp. They've said all the right things about wanting to be physical if we lose to Minnesota, that's one thing. I mean, that's that's not the end of the season. But if we get pushed around right away in week one, that would be the, the only thing that I think would really disappoint me. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but I think in general, getting Minnesota first game, it's the best spot to get them because of all the turnover that is happening like on their offensive side. And if you remember their 11-win season a couple years ago, they didn't come out of the gates that – great there was a couple crazy good games i think against maybe north or some you know mid-level teams that they snuck out with victories at the at the beginning of the season so they haven't always come out of the gates hot and with all the turnover on the offensive side and the coaching staff i think it's a good spot to get minnesota yeah so many coaches have said this and i completely agree with this is that early in the season you win games by just simply not going out of your way to lose them, by fumbling the ball, by jumping off sides, just playing smart football, playing good special teams, things that have absolutely not been the calling card of Nebraska the last three, four years. And that's why we've lost some of these early games. I think of I think of Northwestern last year. I think of the Illinois disaster two years ago. Don't beat yourself. You know, Minnesota is going to be good enough. You don't have to beat yourself. Just try to beat Minnesota. You know, make smart plays in special teams, keep the penalties down to a minimum, turnovers, got to hold on to the ball. You got to, you know, if the ball's in your hands, you got to catch it. You know, simple things like that. If the, if the punt's coming to you and you're at the two-yard line, you don't try to catch it. I mean, there's a lot of things that just game one, don't beat yourselves. And I hope defensively that we don't try to do anything too crazy against Minnesota. I, we need to tackle well. We need to line up. We need to be physical. We need to take blockers on and then – when we get some one-on-one tackling opportunities with all the contact they've been doing in practice and the, and the tackling they've done, we need to tackle. Well, we do that. I think we're going to be fine. I really do. I'm not guaranteeing a win. I just, I think we'll be fine. I think the general philosophy on offs this year is going to help our defense as well, because the statistically our defense hasn't looked that good, but they've been a lot better than they've looked because our offense has kept putting them back on the field quickly in tough situations. And I think especially early in the season two, uh, just the offensive mentality of running the ball more, because that's the thing. Some of the best defenses in the country, well, they were having 15, 20 less snaps a game than our, than our defense. So there's no way you're going to be able to, to rank that highly when you're having to play that many more snaps. And so I think just the offensive philosophy is going to help our defense look good. And I think our defense has good. So I think they're going to look really good here. That is certainly the hope there. And it's, it's playing complimentary football. So on offense, taking clock, giving your defense some breaks, playing good special teams, get yourself set up with good field position, you know, win the first couple possessions, just field position wise. That's, that's a victory. If it's, 
if you're two possessions into the game and it's still zero zero, but you flipped the field, maybe they kicked off to you first and and you were playing out of your 10 and 20 yard line, but by the third or fourth possession, now they're playing out of their 10 you know yard line and you flip the field. That's an early win, even if the points haven't been scored yet. Win the situations, win the win some of that, play complimentary football at the right times, and stick with the run game. It's old school Nebraska football, but if you're getting two and three yards in the first quarter, if you can stick with it, uh, you can be getting five, six, seven, eight yards by the third and the fourth quarter. Now, one of the ways you can stick with it is your defense has to keep you in the games. If you fall behind by two, three touchdowns, all of a sudden the ball gets thrown around all over the field. We've seen that a million times, and sometimes your your physical game plan goes out the window. So defense has to keep you in it. Special teams have to play their role with giving you good field position. Offense has to be consistent and and uh, you know, patient, continue to pound the ball. It's not rocket science, and I think sometimes we've we've had teams in the past that have tried to make it so much smarter, so much harder than it needs to be. We have some talent. The recruiting rankings would tell you that we've been the most talented recruited team in the West for the last ten years, but none of that has seemed to matter because we get to games and and uh, we make mistakes and do things that we shouldn't do. I don't envision that being the issue under rule. I really don't. He has a track record of of not having that be the issue of fixing those issues. I can't, I'm busting at the seams right now. I cannot wait to get this season started. I agree with you. I'm just like nervous anticipation for, to see what we look like. And, you know, if we can beat Minnesota and beat Colorado and just at least split those, win at least one of those, I think is going to be big. But if you beat Minnesota, it's kind of look, look out the, the the Kool-Aid's gonna be getting drank and we're gonna be getting on the on the Husker train for sure. With the offensive philosophy, it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens at Wisconsin. Just with their change in philosophy, I don't think their defense is gonna look near as it has because they lost a great defensive coordinator for one thing, but then two, just the the philosophy on offense to aerate it out. And I this statistic that I wanted to bring up here about uh, their quarterback. Oh, I'm blanking on his name here. Oh, the transfer uh, from uh, like Oh, Tanner SMU. Mordecai. Yeah, so Tanner Mordecai's touchdown to interception ratio is 76 to 23, which is incredible. However, if you look at just the games against – a, Power 5 opponents, or bowl-eligible teams or teams that are ranked. So, you know, the lower-level teams, but if they're ranked. So against Power 5 bowl teams and ranked teams, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is 14-13. to 13. So it suffers significantly when he's playing a little bit stiffer competition and he's always been in the South. Now he's going to go to Wisconsin where you have to deal with some weather adversity as well. So I think we get them at a good schedule too. So that's another interesting thing that's going to, that we'll, uh, we'll uh, see how that plays out. I, I think that's a, a great point you made there about the Wisconsin quarterback. The elements matter. We see that all the time. I'm a, I'm an anti sec guy because the sec has, absolutely set themselves up with you know the best of all worlds they play every game down south they play neutral site games against teams that have to travel you know 10 hours and they they have to travel 10 minutes and they play bowl games next to their home i mean everything is set up for success and sometimes if you get teams out of their comfort zone they have to play somewhere else they play differently no doubt a guy like to your point if he's playing against sub you know power five conference competition and he's playing down south, and now you're taking him out of that, and you're playing different competition. Yeah, the, you know those stats can look very different. So we'll we'll see. I'm I'm interested in it, but uh, yeah, take it away, man. All right. So yeah, for the parting shot, I wanted to uh, I guess take a shot at uh, Colorado. Uh, like I said, I, I did want to give props to to, to Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. I'm fascinated to see what they do there. I'm kind of room in a way, uh, besides obviously the the Husker uh, one game, the next two games, the next two years, and then we'll see what happens after that. 
but one thing that makes Colorado fans like giddier than anything else, and this is why I think they're going to sell a lot of their tickets, is when they can feel smarter than Nebraska fans and, and not make them laugh like a little schoolgirl than mentioning that the N on the helmet stands for knowledge. Mm. You know, the N is for knowledge. And living out in Colorado, I hear that all the time, which I think is hilariously ironic because their mascot is a buffalo. And buffaloes don't actually aren't native to uh, to the Americas. That's an American bison. Uh, buffaloes don't exist in the United States. So I think it's hilarious that they make fun of the N for knowledge. And they can't even get the, you know, it anatomically or animal atomically or whatever the term would be correct uh, mascot for their team. And I can say animal atomically correct because might as well own it, right? The N is for knowledge. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I'll, I'll accept it. So. John Berkman, thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, thank you for for emailing us and reaching out to us. It's been great to have you on here. Um, I hope that we can meet up when we get out there to Colorado. And I, I just that's the thing with the forum. I love having fans from all the different areas and, and different backgrounds. And I think you brought a, a great one too. Um, really appreciate it, Husker fans, Redcasters. I hope you enjoy it. We are just over two weeks away from the kickoff of the season. So I have one last form to go after this. It's going to be when I'm in Minnesota with Vegas Jer, who we're going to be staying at. Uh, the Redcast will be staying with Vegas Jer, um, and they're going to be golfing the TPC. Some of the other guys, uh, Skip and Rob and, and uh, Dave, while Mac and I go drinking. So, anyways, have a blast, Husker fans. It's almost there. Thank you so much, John. And until the next time, you could be the next one to join us on the forum. Heard at Sports Network Production.